Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. So uh, go ahead and turn to your uh, Bibles in Matthew 6.33. And it reads, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now in Matthew 28.18-20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Amen, won't you join me in prayer right now, Lord? So thankful for your word how your word just speaks to us, Lord, I'm praying that that would take place again today, and Lord, that you would just ignite faith in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we desperately want to not just believe and agree with the, the, the truth and the teaching you're giving us to seek you first, but we want to live that out. Lord, I pray that we would be kingdom-first people, be kingdom-minded people. Lord, help us, show us what that means to live that out, Lord, and we'd be people that just say yes to you and everything you're, you're asking of us, Lord. That we'd be people who just say yes to you and all of your teachings, Lord, as we say yes to you and just going, making disciples. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us, anoint this church to be a church that makes disciples, who make disciples. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go and have a seat? As I was preparing for this message here, Kingdom First, I realized this is a topic that really centers around our values. Values are very, very important to us. You have values. And what's interesting about values is sometimes we have something that we really, really value and we're not even aware of it until someone steps on it. And then we still may not even be aware of it, we're just, we're upset. You know, somebody did something, uh, they said something, they, they... they violated a value of yours, and you may not even realize exactly what took place except for someone upsets you, but if you really dig deep, oftentimes it's a values issue. Values are a big deal. Values determine the decisions we make every single day. And I want to encourage you as you're taking time in this new year to reflect and reflect on what you're learning, reflect on moving forward, New Year's resolutions or goals, whatever you do, I encourage goals and setting goals for the new year. I'd encourage you to really think through your values because your values are gonna determine the goals that you set. Your values are gonna determine what you go after this year. Our values are very important. And if we think about last year and reflect on 2020, the tension, the conflict, the craziness really was because of values. Values were exposed, and what came out of that was everything that we saw. And so, you know, depending upon where you're at with that racial injustice conversation, whatever you value there determined how you responded to that. How you 
feel about politics and where you're at with all that, whatever you value in the politics arena, that's determined how you responded to all of that, right? It's all about values, and we have different values. Even within the church, there's different values, and that doesn't always mean it's bad. It just means it's different, and that can be okay. So we're going to be okay with that. So values, they're very, very important, and values really got squeezed out of us in a big way this last year, and so it's important for you and I to reflect, reflect on our values, And really ask this question, do I value what God wants me to value in my life? What does God want us to value? I think that's a very important question, right? What does God want us to value? Because I want to make sure the things that I value, now values are core to our life. They drive us. They are leading us whether we realize them or not, realize it or not. And so I think it's important for us to stop and ask, God, am I valuing the right things? What do you want me to value? And in order for me to really know the answer to that, I got to know his word. I got to know what God says to me. I got to understand the teachings of Jesus. And when we really study the teachings of Jesus, we see that he points us to one thing more than anything else. And it's his kingdom. And he says, in Matthew 6, 33, that, and I want to read the New Living, actually. I love how the New Living says it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So the truth is, you and I are seeking lots of things in life because we value that. But above all else, Jesus would say, make sure you're seeking. Today, I'm still processing the emotions of the Seahawk loss yesterday. And some of you are mourning with me still on this, and you get me. And some of you, you don't care. Whenever I start talking Seahawks, whenever I pray about the Seahawks, you're like, come on, get over it. Okay, uh, but, but it's all about values, right? If you don't value that, then you don't care. If you do, you're with me. If you value another team, you're like, good, I wanted the Seahawks out of there because I was scared of them, and you should have been. <laughs> but it's all about values, right? There's things in life that we value that we enjoy. And what I love about God is God wants us to enjoy life. Enjoy things, enjoy stuff, you know, just make sure that the, the, the stuff, you know, you can have stuff, just make sure it doesn't have you, right? That's, I think that's what God would say about it. And so we want to put him first above all those other things that we're seeking, that we're going after, that we're valuing in our life, above all else, above all else. And here's what God says. That's what I love about God. He says, and I'll take care of you. Okay, then what the New Living says, it says, and he will give you everything you need. You're going to enjoy life as you put him first. That's what he's saying there. So kingdom first. That's the name of the series. That's really, in a sense, going to be the theme of this whole year. I pray that you and I would be kingdom first people because the kingdom is very important to Jesus. Very, in fact, it's the number one thing he talked about. I'll never forget realizing this years ago. We were in a series, I think it was probably about five years ago, in a series on stewardship and talking about financial freedom and, and how God wants us to be a good steward of our, our treasures and our possessions and our money and handling that in a God-honoring way and realized money, possessions, treasures, that's the number two topic that Jesus talked about. So that means that's very important to him. So if that's the number two thing that he talked about, it's good for us to talk about growing that, learning that, understand his teachings in regards to that. But the number one thing was the kingdom. And I can remember as I was studying that about five years ago, I, got, I felt very convicted because I thought to myself, I don't know if I've ever even preached a message on the kingdom. 
And to confess even further, I thought to myself, I'm not sure I even understand what Jesus means by the kingdom. And I've been on this journey for five years. It's been quite the journey where I've really been learning, growing, and studying. What did Jesus mean? If he, this is the number one thing he talked about. I probably should know what this means. And I probably should also talk about it too as someone who's called to teach his word. This should be a thing that we come back to over and over again if this is the number one thing Jesus points us to. Jesus did it from the very, very beginning. We could look at tons of scripture, but here's just a couple. Matthew 4, verse 11. This is when he starts his ministry, right at the beginning, not verse 11, verse 17. From that time on, so Jesus has just been baptized. He went to the wilderness to be tempted. Now he's coming out of that wilderness, 40 days of fasting, temptation. He's gonna begin his ministry now, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. From that time on, this is what he talked about. Jump down, same chapter, verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So again, we could go on and on looking at, you know, where Jesus talks about kingdom, points us to kingdom, but let's be real. He says to seek first his kingdom. Seek first, NIV says it that way, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So seek first, above everything else, his kingdom. What does that mean? How do we live this thing out? If this was so important to Jesus, we need to know. It is imperative, my friends, if we're gonna be followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, we gotta know how to live this thing out and really even understand what does Jesus mean by kingdom? Let's look at that word seek, though, first, because I love this word. That word seek, it means this. It means to continually be absorbed in a search for something. Continually absorbed in this search for the kingdom. To make a long, consistent effort to obtain something. So where this is consistent, this is really the long haul for the rest of my life. I am going after, I want to be absorbed, consumed with this desire for his kingdom. That's the word seek. So it's not just I did it once, I did it a couple times. It is for the rest of our life we're going to live in this place. We are seeking again today his kingdom and his righteousness, which if I could just put that phrase simply, it means this. To, it means to seek his way of life. I'm going to seek Jesus' way of life. Our mission here at Rivers Church includes that. Which, by the way, if you know that, let's say it all together, okay? So our mission here at Rivers Church is to love people, live like Jesus, and lead others to him. Okay, some of you, you got it. Good job. It's awesome. You're with us. You've heard it before, okay? It's good for us to know that because we really want to live this out. So that middle portion is live like Jesus. We really want to do our best to live like him. To live like Jesus, we gotta study him, we gotta look, uh, look at his way of living, what he taught about, we gotta understand his teachings so that we can obey his teachings and live out his teachings the best that we possibly can. So this is what he's telling us to do, to go after in our life the kingdom above everything else. So what does kingdom mean? Kingdom literally means king's domain. Yeah. 
So we're going after the king's domain. And who's the king? It's Jesus. The, the place where Jesus rules and reigns. In the domain where Jesus has all power and all authority. That's what we're going after. This is the place where, where the purposes of, of Jesus always take place. They exist there in his kingdom. It's the domain of Jesus. It's where his presence is. You and I can experience his presence. The more kingdom-minded we become, the more we can experience his presence and his power in our life. So I'm seeking that. I'm seeking to live in that place, the kingdom. What does righteousness mean? It means to be in this, uh, this right standing with God. I'm living in a right place, a right standing with God. I desire to live a life of holiness and to pursue truth. And I do it out of the righteousness of Christ by his grace. It's not an outward uh, thing where I just try to pretend I'm good on the outside. No, this is an inward work that I desire God to continue to transform my life and live in this place of right standing by his grace every single day. That's righteousness. I want to live there. I'm seeking after that, his kingdom and his righteousness. So I want you to ask yourself this. What would it look like for me to live a kingdom first life? What would it look like? This is something I want you to pray about, wrestle with, because this might cause us to reevaluate and change a few things. To really live a kingdom first life. Remember, this is the number one thing Jesus tells us to go after. The number one thing you and I are called to pursue is his kingdom. So what would it look like for me to live a kingdom first life? And like I confessed, this has been quite the process I've been in as I've been studying kingdom and trying to understand what does Jesus mean? What does God mean when he talks about the kingdom of heaven? You and I, as we begin a relationship with Jesus, we are now sons of the living God. We are his and daughters. We are children of God. And we are now citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so I can understand this. This is who I am. This now becomes my place of identity. And I want to live out of this place, but I got to continue to grow and understand what does that mean? What does that look like? And it's been quite the journey. And since then, we've talked a lot about the kingdom. We even had this whole series. We started going through the book of Matthew. If you were here about a year and a half ago, we called the upside down kingdom, kind of like a Stranger Things reference, you know, the upside down. But uh, Jesus' kingdom is upside down in comparison to what, how the world would call us to live. We started going through the, the book of Matthew. We've made it almost to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Didn't quite, maybe we, we kind of changed gears and we haven't picked it up. Someday maybe we'll finish the book of Matthew. We'll go back to it. Because I just love Matthew. It's the kingdom gospel, my kingdom all over the book of Matthew. The kingdom gospel. And when you really dive deep into Matthew and really all the teachings of Jesus, you see that Jesus came and he preached a kingdom gospel. Not just a gospel where you and I can find Jesus and the good news is he died on the cross for your sins, pray this prayer, and now you're saved and you're going to heaven. And I think for years we kind of preached that gospel and unfortunately that gospel preached created those types of disciples where it's forgiveness only. I'm good, I got my fire insurance, I'm going to heaven. Now it doesn't matter how I live or what I do here. And so the gospel we preach determines the disciples that we become. And so we, we wanna preach the same gospel that Jesus preached and that was a kingdom gospel. Which means the end result is we come to, into this place where, Jesus, you rule and reign in every area of my life. I'm in your kingdom. 
And God's kingdom is not a democracy. He's not taking votes on things. There is one king. There is one ruler. It is him, okay? And we want to align ourselves to him. And, uh, and great things can happen as we live in that place, which we'll talk about here. So, kingdom. There is so much that God has for us as we live this kingdom life. So much that we experience his power and his presence in our life as we are kingdom first people. You could liken it to franchising. You know, if you're going to franchise your favorite restaurant, McDonald's, and you were going to open a McDonald's, you would be required to take everything that they tell you to do, you know, and all the, all the marketing, all the, they set up everything, the menu, everything. They got everything. It's just kind of like you do what they say and it will work. It will be successful because people love McDonald's for whatever reason. Because it's convenient, right? And so it's, in a sense, it's kind of like that, whereas we got to understand as we, we are saying, God, I'm going to live in this place of your kingdom, and I want to experience your kingdom. And what happens is when you and I live out the kingdom and let God's kingdom rule and reign in our life and live out that place, it works. God moves. We see and experience God. And so it's amazing that God would come and invite us into this life like that. So understanding his kingdom and how to live out life as kingdom first people, it really, really matters. We're not saved by the grace of God so that we can someday make it to heaven. We're saved by the grace of God so we can experience heaven today. Now, here and now. That's why Jesus said, hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it is. Oh, by the way, I'm the king. I'm bringing my kingdom right now. So you and I can experience not the kingdom someday, but the kingdom today. This is why it's important for us to die. We die to ourselves, die to our sin, and and find life in Christ. And so when I die physically, the truth is I've already died. And so that's just a transition into fully into his kingdom. And But right now I get to experience his kingdom as much as I want, as much as I allow him to rule and reign in my life and in my heart and as much as I pursue him in my life. And so you and I can experience heaven today. And you and I are called to be people who carry heaven, the kingdom of God, into this world that we live in right now. So it's important we understand this. Okay, Jesus told us all these things. He even taught us to pray this way. So let's look at Matthew okay, chapter 6, same chapter as seek first his kingdom. You go uh, a few verses earlier and go to verse number 9. Jesus teaches us to pray this way. This then, he says, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's where our prayer needs to start, by the way. God, I come to you. I recognize who you are. God, you are great. You are holy. You are perfect in every single way. We just come to him declaring who he is. We're recognizing who God really is. The creator of heaven and earth, the author of life, the Lord of everything. We are coming to him. God, our father, you are holy. You are perfect. You are amazing. And then Jesus goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Well, that's interesting. What does that mean? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Here on earth, as it is already taking place right now in this moment in your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. What does Jesus mean? See, we gotta understand what Jesus means by his kingdom if we're gonna pray prayers that are kingdom-minded. So what is taking place in God's kingdom right now, in heaven right now? Are there any unsaved people in heaven? As I'm praying for people, I'm praying for God's kingdom to come into their life, for God's will to be done into their life. I'm praying for them to be saved by the grace of God and to be in relationship with their creator. That's his will being done in their life here on earth as it is already taking place in heaven. So I can understand, I gotta think about what's, what's going on in heaven. What is God's will in heaven? Is there any relational conflict in heaven? No. I am praying for that to take place in and through my life and through my prayers right now that God's will would be done, that God's kingdom would come and rule and reign in this relationship, in these relationships, in this situation. Is there any sickness in heaven? There's no sickness and disease in heaven. Jesus is inviting us to pray that his kingdom would invade someone's life physically and that God's will would be done in their life physically. Now, I'm about ready to lose some of you here. Like, okay, Wason, where are you going with this one, Tyrone? Okay, so before I get caught up in all the theological implications of why does not God always heal, why does he heal sometimes? Okay, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, we will talk about it again. But let me just point us just simply today to Jesus' words. Jesus said for you and I to pray this way. So let's just start there and start praying those prayers. Your kingdom come here on earth, Jesus. Your will be done here on earth in this situation. Whatever it is, I am praying for your kingdom to come and invade and to take over and to heal, to restore, to move in whatever it is I'm praying for. That's the prayer that Jesus is calling us to pray. And when we pray prayers like that, we are living a kingdom first life. We're praying kingdom first prayers is what we're doing. And so this is all about kingdom first. And so again, this is important for us to understand. What does he mean by kingdom? We're praying for the lordship of Jesus to come and rule and reign in every single circumstance. That's what we are praying for when we pray, his kingdom come, his will be done. I'm praying that kingdom first will become a passion for us. It would just become a lifestyle for us, that we would just be so kingdom-minded, we're consumed about, God, would you use me? God, would you invade my life, my heart, my, my, my home? I just want, Jesus, you to rule and reign in, in my life, in my home, in my family. I want to experience your kingdom now. This is the promise and the teachings of Jesus. It was never a kingdom someday. It was a kingdom now, today. So it's important we understand this about Jesus's kingdom so when we do this, we take Jesus' teachings and we, we do our best to live them out. We're disciples of Jesus, aren't we? We're truly being disciples. That's what a disciple does. Takes the teachings, I'm gonna live this out. And to be honest, this whole series is a series on discipleship. Hence the message last week uh, from Pastor Sandy, you know, some great stories and just talking about discipleship, making disciples. This really is you and I having this mindset of putting God's kingdom first and really trying to value the things that God wants us to value. And discipleship, spiritual growth, other people finding 
him, begin a relationship with him, that's a big deal to God when you read through scripture. It's a pretty big deal to him. So here's the question that I've been wrestling with here in our church for a couple of years. We've been on this journey of discipleship and really been wrestling with, are we, are we faking disciples or are we making disciples? And I, I stand before you guys and I say with all my heart, I don't wanna fake the most important mission Jesus has given us. I don't wanna fake this. Jesus never came and asked us to, to crowds and to just only grow big churches. He really, he called us to make disciples. That's the calling. That's the mandate he gave us. And I don't want us to go about looking like we're doing the right thing, but we're actually faking it. I want us to truly be disciples who make disciples. Let's be a church that really genuinely makes disciples here. That's my prayer. That's our heart. And it's going to take all of us, all of us. In order to do this, we have to confront a false belief in regards to discipleship, though. There's a false belief that a lot of us carry, I think unintentionally because of this forgiveness-only gospel. But this false belief of discipleship is that it's all about me. We've got to confront this. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you feel like you're still there a little bit. But the false belief or the false promise of discipleship is it's all about you growing spiritually in your life. And to be fair, that's just part of it, but that's not all of it. But we've kind of made it that. Hey, let's, let's get into Bible study. I gotta get into Bible study and talk with people about the word so that I can grow and understand more about God's word and know him so that I can grow spiritually in my life. If I get into this class or take this program, then at the end of it, God's gonna do profound things in my life and I'm gonna grow and it's gonna be awesome. And so we've made discipleship kind of a, a, maybe a program and classes, and it's all, but it's all about me growing and then I become, really become more consumed about what God can do in me rather than what God can do through me. Wow. Okay, and so I'm all for programs and classes. In fact, we're gonna do Freedom Course again this spring. We decided not to wait till next fall. We're gonna do it this spring. If you missed Freedom Course, I highly recommend you to jump in. Or if you wanna do it again, do it again. It's awesome. It was so good. We're not against classes, programs, courses. There's a place for that, but it's got to move beyond that into a lifestyle, really into relationships, and that's the direction we're going. That's the steps we're taking this week here as a church. But we've got to start here with confronting this false belief. Discipleship is not all about you and me and our spiritual growth. Jesus did not die on the cross just so you and I could get to heaven. He didn't even die on the cross so you and I could grow and become good people. Because I think for a lot of years, that was kind of the focus. I got to just work on me and get better about me and so I can be a good person. I want to have a good family and good home and good career and good, just be good. But Jesus didn't die on the cross so you and I could be good. He died on the cross so you and I could be free. And there's a big difference. So true discipleship is this. If I'm really going to call myself a follower or a disciple of Jesus, that's what a disciple is, is it a follower? If I'm truly going to do that, it's about my spiritual growth so that I can in turn help other people grow. That is true discipleship. It doesn't end with me and my growth. It moves into other people because that's the intent of Jesus. 
So this is how we define a disciple of Jesus here at our church. A disciple of Jesus is someone who's committed to following Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus, who's led by the spirit of Jesus, and living on the mission of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. It's all of those things. If we just were to get kind of simple but try to be holistic, it's all of those. We're, I'm committed to following him the rest of my life. I'm being changed by him continually, led by the spirit of Jesus, and living on the mission that he has given to all of us. We can't forget that part. We kind of maybe stopped there for a lot of years and maybe, maybe for us in life, we kind of stopped there. It's just discipleship was me growing, me growing, me growing, me growing, me and getting, you know, and, and there's a lot of Christians, they got a lot of the word in them. They could understand the word, but maybe nobody's going to heaven because of their knowledge of the word. And I'm not saying that to condemn. I'm just saying that to say that's the beginning, but not the end. And we want to say, okay, God, help us keep moving forward in this. Help, help us to help other people and show them the way of Jesus. Okay, so that's, that's really his heart. That's what it means to be a disciple. In fact, with this right here, this definition, this is the goal of our discipleship process. To live out these, these four things as we step fully into this discipleship strategy and process that we have here at Rivers Church, that's the goal, that every single person at Rivers Church would live out those four things continually the best that they can by the grace of God. I want you to grow. That's my heart for you. Grow. In fact, it's one of our core values. It's what we value here. Growth. I want to equip you to experience all that God has for you. And I want to help you step into his calling for your life. And his calling does include you growing and being set free and, and, and moving forward. But also, it's more than that. It's bigger than that. So, we're going to go to Matthew 28 and look at that one last time. As we talk about discipleship and launching our discipleship uh, initiative here this month. Can I be honest? I think everyone's being discipled by someone or something. Everybody. I think that social media is doing a really good job of discipling a lot of people right now. And we've got to be careful about what we allow to disciple us. Can we be real? We can find support for anything online. That doesn't mean we get, that, that we have license to, to, to throw that around. In, I mean, you can throw me something, a video online. I could throw you another video that would, that would talk the opposite. <laughs> okay? So let's just be honest. We could go, we could do that all day. YouTube's great for that. It's got everything you want. I can even learn how to change my, do the plumbing in my sink because of YouTube. It's awesome. I think that social media is discipling way too many people in the church. And we want to be kingdom first people, kingdom minded people, and come to Jesus and, and really let him speak to us, let him disciple us. So Matthew 28, and as we approach this, many of us have heard these verses for years, and I just want us to just receive this with fresh ears, fresh eyes, and not just gloss over this. I believe God wants to speak some new things to you in regards to the Great Commission here in these next few moments. Man, what God did in the first service, so good. And I just, he's, he's already doing it right now. 
He's doing something new. There's, there's a newness, a freshness that God is leading us into in this year, in this season. I'm super excited about it. So just imagine yourself. You are one of the disciples listening. You're standing there with Jesus. Okay, this, these words he's gonna share with his disciples on this mountain here are not just for those disciples only. They're for all of us as a disciple of Jesus. So I gotta receive this as if I'm standing there listening to Jesus for me. So picture that, imagine that. Okay, for frame of reference, Jesus is not white, have blonde hair or blue eyes. Just, just make sure you got your image right, okay? <laughs> as you're imagining that, all right? <laughs> if I can take this illustration further, the mountain is more of a hill than a mountain, okay? So it's, <laughs> I think mount, like where I come from, we got mountains. Like I looked at Mount Rainier and it had snow all year long. Like that was a mountain. I come here and I can walk up Lookout Mountain just down the road over here in 20 minutes. I'm like, is that really a mountain? Okay, that's a, that's a hill. We can call it a mountain. It's great. It gives me a great view of the valley. I like it. It's fun. But is it really a mountain? Okay, maybe yes in the sense of what we call mountains here. But those mountains in the Israel are very similar to the mountains we have here. They're like big hills, okay? So that's, that's, that's where we're at, okay? Just for frame of reference. <laughs> All right, let me just read this. Jesus came to them and he said, he says this, Jesus speaking to you, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's stop right there. Jesus has all authority now. How did he get all authority? You think, well, he's God. He didn't have that. No, actually, there's a kingdom of earth here and Satan actually has authority here. He, can, he rules and reign, reigns the kingdom of earth. But Jesus, through the cross and through his death and his resurrection, he says, hey, I got the authority now. And I'm gonna give you the authority you and I have a delegated authority from Jesus to walk in. And that authority gives us the power and the privilege to be people of the kingdom that bring his kingdom to take over the earthly kingdom. And we want that to take place first and foremost in our lives and in our heart. That's why the Bible says don't give the devil a foothold. You and I can love Jesus with all of our heart, but still give the devil a foothold. We are allowing the, the enemy to rule and reign in a certain area of our life, and we're not fully in, under the, the lordship of Jesus or the kingship of Jesus in our life because there's certain areas that we are still submitting to Satan to. We gotta be careful. Don't give him a foothold. We can give him permission to come back in, okay? Uh, so Jesus has authority for you and I to bring his kingdom to every area of our life and in this earth. So it's important we understand that. There's authority that Jesus has. So we can walk in this authority. That's what Jesus is saying. Now go, I'm giving you the ability to walk in this authority. That's what he means. It's important we understand authority. So Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And then he says these important words. He says, go. Go, which literally means as you go, as you live your life, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Everybody say teaching. That's an important part of what we need to be able to do as a disciple of Jesus. Go make disciples and you're gonna help teach them. And for some of us, this is where we kind of get lost. Like, I'm not a teacher. I don't know how, I don't know much. You just got to know a little bit more than somebody else. Yeah. Or you can just go through a book with somebody and let, let the book help you teach. It'll teach you and teach them and all that. Okay, that's, that's all you got to do. 
Like we have these following Jesus books. If you, a friend of yours says yes to Jesus, you can disciple him. We'll give you this little booklet. You can walk through them and you'll probably learn great stuff and the foundations of following Jesus, but you can help teach them as well as you just go through a little booklet together. And so teaching, but this is something you and I all have to be able to do is, okay, I'm learning some things and how to live this thing out and following Jesus and I can just help other people do it. And you just be you in doing that. That's the cool thing about how God does this. So Jesus says go. And this is where we get the name of these groups that we're launching this week. Go groups. We're calling them go groups because this is how you and I are are really desiring to live out this great commission thing. And so underneath your chairs, there is a pamphlet or brochure that says go groups on it. You can grab that right now if you'd like. For those of you online, we'll make sure we'll, we'll publish this online this week. We'll email it out to you so you can get all the information. But there is a great brochure that explains what these go groups are and how we can actually live these things out. Okay, so there's a section in there that talks about why two or three. Why two or three? And the importance of just two or three people doing this together and why we would land on that. And you can have four for maybe a month or so, but then you want to multiply that back into two so that these can reproduce themselves. Okay, so here's the three main things you would do when you get together. So what you want to do is you would find one or two other people and you agree, we're going to get together just an hour a week whenever fits your schedule. Why two or three? Because sometimes it's harder to coordinate schedules with more than three people too, right? All right, so um, you can coordinate your schedule together, and you want to keep these same gender, by the way. Men with men, women with women. And then when you get together, you talk, you you do three things, really. Bible, questions, prayer. Very simple. There's not a lot to this. It might take a little bit to get our brains wrapped around it, but then once you run with this, it's simple, easy, and I think going to be super cool. So you agree upon what scripture you're going to read. We're going to read Start reading through Matthew. So let's read the first two chapters, three chapters of Matthew, and let's come back and let's talk about it. So the first part of your get-together would be like, hey, what'd you get out of the word? What'd you like about it? What'd you learn? What's God speaking to you? And you just kind of talk through the word with each other. If someone didn't do the reading that week, then you can still talk through it, but then you say, hey, next week we'll come back and we're gonna talk through the same chapters again. We're not gonna just say, oh, that's okay. We'll just, just keep going you know, just keep moving on. No, we're actually gonna have some accountability with this and say, okay, well, let's come back again next week and talk through these same chapters because we wanna make sure that everybody's on the same pace together. So we talk about the word. Then you have some questions. So there's some questions in the, the brochure. They're also on this handy-dandy little bookmark here that you can have in your Bible just to help you have a, an easy place to look for them, but just ask each other questions. Hey, anything you need to, to share with me? Any, con- any sin you need to confess? What's God speaking to you? Are you listening to his promptings in your life? Great questions to ask one another. And then the, the time ends with prayer. You pray for each other, and then you also take time to specifically pray for unchurched people. And this is the real intent of these go groups. The go groups are not meant for you to find your best friend in life for the rest of your life, and you guys are gonna keep meeting for the rest of your life, and it's gonna be just the two of you or the three of you or us four, no more, and we're just gonna keep growing and just keep learning about the word of God. No, no, the the intent of these groups is to multiply, to get new people in, multiply new people, is to make disciples. Now, you might find a best friend, and you wanna keep studying the, the Bible with them for the rest of your life. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously. 
But you can do that separately from a go group. We gotta be very intentional about what these are all about. They are about you and I growing, helping each other. We wanna make sure that they're authentic and they're safe for us to you know, just ask each other questions and encourage each other. But also, intentional about, we're gonna invite somebody else into this. We're gonna get somebody else. We get to four, after a little while, we're gonna multiply this into two. And this just keeps going. And this is you and I making disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. Oh, by the way, this is what Jesus did. He had his 12, lost one of them, but even with his 12, he had his two or three that he pulled. And then he stood on this mountain, that we're this, this, this verse, this section here, we're about ready to finish, and he says, okay, guys, your turn. You will, and we're here today because 11 people took seriously the mission that Jesus gave them. That's why we're here. 11 people said, you got it, Jesus. And oh, by the way, they waited for the Holy Spirit to come and empower them so they could really live this thing out. So this is you and I just doing the best we can to live out the Great Commission, to do discipleship. We are not launching a program, a bunch of small groups this, this January at all. We are saying, hey, find tour, one or two people, and start a go group. You can do it. This, I commission you this week to start a go group. Information in here about how to get started, things to think through. Let us know if you need help finding somebody, getting connected with somebody. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as you start one. We're not gonna keep track of these, but we just would love to kind of get a feel for what's going on, how you doing, who you're meeting with, even helps us connect with other people who are looking for somebody. And then from there, it just becomes very relational, organic. It's not about a program. It's not about a class. It's about you and I just going to God's word, getting together with people, including more people. And we're praying that God uses us to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so we're leasing this into the life of Rivers Church. And you are free to start this this week. You can pray about it. You can think about it. Start it in the next couple of weeks. But this is what we're doing. The last year and a half, we've had several groups and studies and programs that we've done. But we decided, let's not do that anymore now. Let's just live it. Let's just kind of do this thing. And so you do it when it works with you, with people that you want to connect with or you can connect with. And start Go Groups. This is the final phase of us in this discipleship learning process and this initiative of just saying, let's just do this. Let's live this out the best that we possibly can. For some of you, you might feel a little bit like nervous, afraid, like, I don't know, you know, how can I fit this into my schedule? Hey, here's the deal. If we are living kingdom first, and if that is the priority of our life, then our priorities will fall into place. And I don't, I'm not asking you to add something into your life. I'm really asking you really to include someone in your life and a couple someones in the rhythm of your life that you guys can help each other grow and then reach out and help some more people grow. And it's gonna require us being kingdom first people. So as we bring this to a close here, let me just read those last few words that Jesus gave us because this is so important for us as we are gonna live this out, this kingdom first thing. What did Jesus say? How did he end this? He said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, I am with you always. I'm with you everywhere you go. I am with you. This is the promise that you and I need to take hold of every single day of our life, guys. You gotta understand that this is a, a, a promise 
it really is a covenantal promise that God spoke over and over and over again to his people. You read throughout the Old Testament and how many times God says, says to his people, I'm with you, I'm with you, especially when he's saying, I'm calling you to do something that you could not do in your own strength. You're gonna do the miraculous. You're gonna see the supernatural. And oh, by the way, I'm with you. He said that to Joshua. Can you imagine me and Joshua? Would you like to follow Moses? Here's the guy that like ha- ha- talked with God like face to face. Okay, Joshua, your turn. Lead my people. And oh, by the way, I want you to know something very important. I'm with you. I am with you everywhere you go. Gideon, you ever read that story of Gideon is phenomenal. Love that story. Gideon was a nobody, by the way. You ever feel like a nobody? Read Gideon. Gideon's like, God, why are you asking me? I'm like the least of my family, who's the least of my tribe, who's the least tribe all of Israel. I'm the least of the least of the least. I'm a nobody. You're asking me? And as he's hesitant, God says, I want you to know one important thing. I am with you. I am with you. And God used Gideon. God used Joshua over and over again. God was calling his people to do things that they could not do without him. But he said, I am with you. Now, Jesus is saying the same thing to his disciples. He's saying the same thing to you guys. Don't forget this. He says, I'm with you. I'm with you everywhere you go. Paul had this revelation in his life, this, this revelation of God is with me. And God used him to perform the miraculous, to make disciples, to plant churches. I mean, God used him to bring the the message of the gospel to the known world, to the Gentiles. And we're all thankful for that, right? So Paul understood this. He knew God was with him. And I need you to understand this as well. God is with you. Why don't you say that right now? Say, God is with me. Come on, say that again. Say, God is with me. Say it again. God is with me. Everybody online, come on, join us. God is with me. Man, that is a covenantal promise that shows you that God wants to do supernatural things in and through your life. That's what God is saying. I'm gonna use you to do things that you could not otherwise do if I weren't with you. And sometimes we think of this discipleship thing and helping other people grow and I'm like, I can't do this. You're right. But with God, you can. God can help you. He is with you. Jesus is communicating a very important promise, is a covenantal relationship promise that he is with us every single day. Everywhere we go in this. He's with us, church. He's with us. And as we live this out, we are really living out this kingdom first mindset. And what we're doing is we're valuing what God values, right? Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's pray. Man, there was a lot in me here today. <laughs> That's been stirring in me for months. Because I've been so excited to, uh, for us to step into this new year, guys. New church, kingdom first. Let's go all in, guys. All in. And being kingdom-minded people. With me? Would you join me in prayer right now, Jesus? We come to you and uh, just thankful for that promise. You're with us. You're here. You're in our midst, even now. Lord, I pray that you would help us to value what you value. We would put you first. We would pursue you. We would be absorbed with this chasing after you and your kingdom. And I pray that for all of us. 
Lord, and I pray that it would become, uh, it would come out of not just duty and obligation, but come out of just a deep, genuine love for you. We just love you, Jesus. You've done so much for us. I love you so much, Jesus. I'm just gonna obey you, follow you. I wanna be a kingdom-minded person who brings the kingdom here to this earth. Do this out of love. Jesus, we love you. Lord, my prayer for all of us in this new year is that we would love you more than anything else, that you would be our first love. Some of us need to come back to that first, just loving Jesus above everything else. That's how this falls into place. Love you, Jesus. Love you. And God, I pray for those that aren't in relationship with you, Lord. May you reveal yourself to them. May they say yes to you today. Ask for forgiveness. Repent. Turn to you and experience the love that you have for them. I pray this, these next few moments. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.